Elcott's birthday party, so Love I gotta go. Like, <laughs> <Think>, okay. <laughs> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. It uh, appears we had a little bit of a, an issue with the uh, audio this morning, so my apologies. But uh, welcome to the show this morning. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, is uh, my uh, co-host, uh, LPJ uh, professional and Legends Tour player, Cindy Miller. And this is the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. Um, we've got a great show for you this morning. Um, I'm just going to give you... A, Quick highlights, and then we'll get into our, our discussion. Um, shows live, of course, every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, or just type women of golf up in the search key, and that will take you to the main page. Uh, for some reason, if you can't join us during the live broadcast, just scroll down and uh, go to the on-demand section, and that's where all of the previously aired uh, shows are and you can check them out there. It's also available uh, as a podcast at iTunes.com or Stitcher.com, so just visit those links respectively, and again, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well. Always love to hear for you, uh, from you excuse me, on the uh, live show from uh, 9 to 10 on Tuesdays, so you're welcome to call in at area code 347-945-5855, or you can reach out to Cindy and I personally at Cindy, Miller, uh, Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, or you can reach out to me at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. Um, we've got a great show, as I said, this morning. Uh, first up is going to be Susie Caprice. Uh, she's an LPGA teacher professional, and we're going to talk a little bit about how she got into uh, this industry and uh, some other things, of course. She actually started relatively late in her career, uh, unlike many of us who started uh, when we were knee-high to a grasshopper. So it's a very interesting backstory there. And then a little bit later on, we're going to welcome back Brendan Sweeney, uh, from uh, French Lick Resort. He's going to talk about uh, some upcoming events and so forth. He's the Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development at French Lick. So we'll talk to him uh, here in just a little bit. But, Cindy, while we wait for uh, Susie to join us live here, um, what did you think of the U.S. Open? Did you get a chance to watch any of it this past weekend? I did. thought it was amazing. I thought it was a great display of staying in the present moment and being committed to your process. And I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I caught. I didn't get to see the whole thing, and unfortunately, I didn't get to see the the closing of it. So I, I don't uh, have all the the facts and the details and that. But what I did see, yeah, it was very interesting. Very uh, um, some great, great golf. And you know, anytime a major championship, and of course, we're talking about the men's uh, championship here. Um, you know, it's always exciting. There's always something going on, and of course, the courses are difficult. Um, Cindy, I know you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure played in, in a few majors uh, on uh, either the LPGA or even the Legends Tour. Did you do anything special uh, in preparation for a major different than maybe what you might have for a regular tournament, or did you treat them all the same? I did not do anything different 
Um, but I am right now because I'm preparing to try to qualify for the first ever women's senior LPGA championship at French Lick Resort in a couple of weeks. And I am working on my wedges and my putting. And um, as you know, and we've talked about many times, this golf course is the, one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played. I'm so impressed with Brooks Kepka and how he stayed true to his plan and stayed focused Mm -hmm. on the process and the present moment and just did not veer away from that. And I'm I'm very fired up because it's like, wow, this 27-year-old taught me a bunch of lessons late Sunday afternoon. It was awesome. Yeah. What do you you think it it says to, I mean, how do you digest a win like a U.S. Open? You know, this is a, you know, first major, this is a, a big, uh, a big deal for, for a young player like that. That's a lot to take on. And there's been a lot of players over the years that, um, you know, have, have gone on to win other tournaments. And there's others that kind of got stymied uh, with, with a, a, a big win like that earlier in their career. How do you digest a, a win like that? What, what do you do to move forward uh, and not let and sort of get caught up in all the hoopla of, of a major? Obviously, you want to celebrate it, but at the same time, there's more business at hand, and I'm sure he wants to have more majors. Is there anything that, that you would suggest for him to do to, from this I point think forward? He's got, I think he's got a great team behind him. Of course, I've never won a major, so I don't know the feeling. But I know that he mm-hmm. is focused on the process of being the best player he can be, and I think his yeah. team is going to keep him grounded, and I think he was very grounded. It, he's on a mission to be the best player he can, and he wants to win as yep. many tournaments as possible. So I love his mindset, and I don't think we need mm-hmm. to worry about him. I think we're going to see a lot more of him. Yeah, um, and, and, you know, I, I think what I like about some of the young players that you see coming up, there, there is, and, and this is both men's and, of course, the, the ladies' tours. We've had some, uh, some great young ladies on the uh, Symmetra Tour that are making their way to, their, uh, to the uh, LPGA. Um, just some incredible focus uh, on their game. I mean, in every aspect of their game, you know, they certainly have some weak spots, I'm sure, but for the most part, they're very, very focused. They have a a goal in mind. They've got some short-term goals and they've got long-term goals, uh, but they're very, very focused on on that. And uh, as you said, I think being surrounded by a good team as well, um, you know, obviously helps to be encouraging and be supportive of that. And also family is important too. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, especially, I don't know if this gentleman was married or not, but, um, you know, when you're young and you're married and maybe you've got a, a young family in that, there's a lot of obligations there. And it's hard to, you know, be thinking about family at home and then also, you know, having to stay focused on the golf course. So it's a, it's a balancing act and it's not easy uh, as, as what people might think. Uh, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I watched his interview on the Golf Channel and he talked about, how when he was on the European tour playing in a tournament in Europe and he was leading the event and he spoke to his agent the night before the last round and said, I'm done. I want to come home. And he said he thought he was just homesick and, but he wasn't sure and how that can truly happen to people that are playing on the tour. And, and again, you know, needless to say he didn't do that. I know that he's not married, and the announcers made a little bit of a mistake, which was kind of funny, and they were teasing about it. He used to date a girl who plays professional soccer 
actually in Buffalo, New York. And the girl that was with uh. him wasn't that girl. This was the new girlfriend who's an actress. <laughs> so the announcers were like, oh, boy, we ought to get our facts right here. So that was a little bit of an embarrassing event that I don't think he knew that we knew. Um, right. Because we were, you know, the people were talking on TV at the time. Anyway, the point being is you've got to know who you are, what your goals are. It's very hard. It's very lonely. But this kid seems very well-grounded. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he'll hear about it afterwards. I'm sure when the replays come in um, and some of the conversation. But um, anyways, congratulations on a, on a great win. And, and um, I'm sad that I didn't get a chance to, to see the, the finale of it. But uh, it sounds like it was a great event. All right, let's, uh, let's move on, Cindy. We, we've got our first guest here ready to, to come on board. Let me just read a little bit for the, for the audience here so that they know who, who we're talking about. Of course, her name is Susie Caprice. She's an LPJ teacher professional. But she's got an interesting backstory here. She was born in Long Island, New York, uh, graduated from St. John's University, and then obtained a master's degree from North Texas State. Uh, she actually began her career as a financial analyst for the U.S. government and then subsequently for uh, Grumman uh, Corporation, uh, during which time she became a certified financial planner. So didn't start out in the golf industry but uh, and actually didn't play golf until uh, age 29 when she uh, took her first golf lesson. And, uh, and I quote, she enjoyed it immensely. Um, and obviously, uh, due to her uh, heavy work restraints and, and raising, of course, a young son, she wasn't able to dedicate a lot of time initially uh, into, into the game until late in her 30s, where she began, uh, at that time, attending several golf schools. Uh, her passion for the game, of course, uh, took hold and, and decided that she wanted to make a career change and become a golf instructor. Uh, and through the encouragement of her husband, she reached out and contacted the LBJ and was well on her way to obtaining her certification as a Class A uh, LPJ golf professional. So very interesting backstory. So, Cindy, let's bring uh, Susie on the show and, uh, and talk a, l- a little bit more about that in, in detail. Good morning, Susie. Welcome to the Women of Golf. Uh, thank you. Good morning, Cindy. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Well, we're so glad you're here. So I have to ask you a question. Why did you take your first golf lesson? I think probably because... I really enjoyed watching uh, Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson. I had parents who didn't play, but my mom loved watching golf. So I always was fascinated by what I saw on TV. And just really as a whim, I just decided one day that I was going to take a lesson and see, you know, if I could swing a club. That's interesting because hmm. it really it wasn't because you were in the financial world and you thought you needed to learn to play for business. Not back then, I didn't. I think if I was a young woman today, I would highly recommend taking the game up. It's a great avenue for building business relationships as well as personal ones. And uh, but I did not at that time, Cindy. So it was just awesome. uh, yeah, just something that I wanted to try and. Uh, it's been rather successful. <laughs> so, now, where are you Susie, this currently? Is... Yes, good morning. Hello? Go ahead, Cindy. Yeah, go ahead, Cindy. Okay, oh, is it, it looks Cindy like... or sorry. Susie? Sorry, Susie. Uh, no, that? Cindy, uh, I'm sorry. Cindy uh, got bumped off the air. I apologize. Um, this is Ted, oh. by the way. Let me just ask you. Real, uh, let me ask you a real quick of question. She's, she'll come back on in a second, and then I'll okay. let her ask her follow up. But 
let me just ask you a question. As, as you, I'm sure, probably heard in the, uh, the intro, uh, you know, I mentioned that, um, you know, that you obviously you started relatively late uh, in your career in, in golf. And as Cindy asked, you know, what was the reason for taking the first golf lesson? Um, most of your fellow professionals that, uh, that you probably have come across over the years have a different story. They started very early. Maybe their family played a lot of golf. So they got introduced to golf very early. Um, did you ever have opportunities earlier on to play golf and just didn't sort of gravitate to it? And why at that particular time uh, do you think it was sort of a change for you? Um, I didn't really have, I didn't really have opportunities to play golf. It was really a very male dominated sport. Um, right. Where a lot of us, yeah, I grew up playing tennis. So that was my, that was my um, passion at that point in high school and college. So golf really wasn't on the radar for me. So it became something, as I just mentioned, that just was something that I, was watching and became interested in and said, gee, you know, let me, you know, let me see if I can do something with this. Cause I was athletic growing up. So that was pretty much right. what, what got my, got my attention. I did have an athletic background right. and I saw this It was kind of a challenge too. I said, geez, you know, maybe I could try this. I was pretty good in tennis. Let me see if I could segue that into golf. And boy, that was a real big wake up call. It's so different. <laughs> than, it's so different than tennis. I thought I was going to just have a natural progression that everything was straight ahead, no bumps in the road. And boy, did I have a rude awakening. So that's where I can really relate to my, my students, you know, taking it up a little bit later in life. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a, uh, you know, it's interesting because um, that you mentioned that uh, another uh, famous golfer on the men's side. um, Oh, I just lost his name. Nelson, uh, Larry Nelson. Uh, was actually started out playing, yes, uh, playing professional baseball. And he, uh, as well, it was, I think, I believe in his late twenties, uh, actually took up golf. And then of course went on to play on the uh, PGA tour for a number of years and had a, you know, fairly successful career there. So, uh, it it just goes to show you it's never too late. Um, I see Cindy's back. So Cindy, I know you had a question there and then, uh, (laughs) you got, you got dropped. So Cindy, go ahead and, and uh, follow up. Yeah, so forgive me. We're having a pretty bad thunderstorm here. So if I get dropped again, it's not because I'm trying to hang up on you. So, Susie, where are you currently <laughs> teaching and what are you doing now? Well, the host just mentioned, and I don't know your name, I have to apologize, just Ted. mentioned about Larry Nelson. Ted, okay, thank you, Ted. Um, yes, um, I've been teaching up in the Northeast um, area in uh, Long Island, New York, for the last few summers in a place called Cherry Creek Links. It's in Riverhead, New York. But this year I took an opportunity actually at a golf course um, that Ted just mentioned, uh, Larry Nelson. He actually was the architect here in Jefferson Landing, which is in northwest North Carolina. So that's where I am this summer. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that, Ted, because <laughs> they have very, a Nelson very, Cup yeah, here, very... actually. Yeah, they have the, the Larry Nelson yeah. Cup that the men pay, play for here at, at the club. Well, that's where I am this summer. Very interesting. I must be clairvoyant or something. Um, yes, you I, must it, be. Well, what, what, <laughs> well, what made me think of that was, you know, reading your bio and and because you know you started late in your career um, in in golf. I mean, uh, it just he came to mind because I remember reading his his uh, uh, hearing about his story over the years, and that was something that was, um, you know, he was very athletic as well, played baseball and and you know started a sort of a pro- professional career. 
and then at some point realized that wasn't going to be what was his his forte and then for some reason picked up a golf club and it just felt natural and and you know the rest is history um was it scary for you to to make a big career change i mean you know uh, as a financial planner, you're, you're trying to, you know, plump everybody's numbers up and make them more money in that. And on the golf course, you're trying to lower those numbers to, to give them a better <laughs> score. So it's kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Was it scary for a big change like that? Um, initially, it wasn't, Ted, because it was something that I really decided I wanted to do. But I will say, as I, as I faced all the requirements to get my Class A certification in the LPGA, that's when the reality really hit because, for example, I took my first playing ability test, which is one of the requirements to get into the LPGA program. That was difficult for me because I didn't have a lot of tournament background experience. And most of the girls that I was playing, you know, that were playing in the event um, had college careers or they played in high school or maybe they went a different direction, but they had that base, which I didn't have. So that was really... Right. That was really a very difficult thing to get past, but I did. And uh, after I got that, I got my feet a little bit, you know, more comfortable and I got more grounded in what I wanted to do. So after I got past that, everything was a lot easier for me. Very interesting. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you've got some more questions. So what's your favorite part of the game to teach? My favorite part of the game to teach, I would I would say something in in the short game, because that's your that's a, in my opinion your scoring part of your game. So I really like to focus a lot on um, putting and chipping and pitching primarily. Mark, girl. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> you know it's funny because nobody really wants to practice that, but that's where you're going to score. Exactly, and I never see anybody, if I have my students out there and I don't see them practicing in the short game, I will go over to them on the, you know, on the driving range and I'll just say, this is great, you know, you can work on this, you need to work on your long game, but we need to spend as much if not more time on your short game. Absolutely, that's for sure. Let me ask you real quick, Susie, uh, just a, a follow-up yes. to that, um, because that, that's a that's a big deal for a lot of instructors out there everybody wants to go out and work on the long game Not, nobody loves more than than hitting a, a great drive out there in the in the practice team mm. um but everybody kind of hates going over to the short game <laughs> area and and working on some of these other areas what do you do to try to make it fun and, and a little bit more enticing for for some of your students what do you do to to, to kind of get them jazzed up about hey let's work on the short game well the first thing i tell them is i ask them how much do you think of your total score is your putting? And they'll look at me and they'll say, well, I have no idea. And I'll say, you know, the percentage is, you know, maybe 60% of your score is right around that green, either putting or chipping or pitching onto the green. This is going to help you faster than anything else that you could possibly do on the driving range. And they'll look at you and say, Really? Say, yeah, really, yeah. think about your score and think about how many putts and how many chips and how many pitches it took you to get the ball into that hole. Think about that. That's pretty exciting. If you could master this part of the game, it's going to take the pressure off your tee shots and your, your shots into the green. You're going to really feel a freedom of being able to score from anywhere. 
And I think that's how you get get them really interested and get excited about getting out there and practicing and doing the drills. And you always want to make the drills as fun as you can. That's really what it's sure. about. You want the student to have fun. You know, I always say that we're selling everybody hope. I think Cindy can relate to that. We really are. We're trying <laughs> to give them some hope. <laughs> into that's really for sure. And enjoy the game, right, Cindy? Absolutely. We're selling we're, hope. We are. We really are. So let me ask you this. You made a huge career change, which I think a lot of people might hate their job, which is very sad. What would you tell someone who's not sure they're doing the right thing with their life? I would say to explore all, all the options, find your passion. And you might not know what your passion is until... Like me, I picked up a golf club and I was hooked. So, you know, go out there, explore what you like, what you think you might even like. You know, you got to be a little brave and bold in trying to do this. It's not an easy thing just to say, okay, pick something and see what you can do. You really, really have to love it. And don't get, you know, and don't get sidetracked by saying, oh, I can't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. But if you're really unhappy in your job, I think you owe it to yourself and the people around you, your family, your friends, and more more importantly to yourself to go out there and try. The worst thing that's going to happen is you're not going to succeed or you're not going to want to do, do that. So then continue on that journey and find something that really, really speaks to you. You know, love what you do. Then it's not a job. Yeah, I, I agree 100% uh, percent with that, Susie. I, I think that you have to at least, at the very least, you want to be able to look back and say, hey, I tried that. Maybe it wasn't for me, um, but at least I gave it a shot and um, you know, maybe had a little fun along the way. But at least you, you don't look back with regret and say, boy, I wish I had done that or I wish I had at least tried that. And, and that speaks volumes. And, and I like the fact, what's very interesting about your story, Susie, is this is that you did step out of that box a little bit, you tried something, and ultimately it ended up making a, a, a substantial change in, in your life, really, because you went from um, one area of, of business to a different area of business, which is not always easy to do, especially as, as we you know progress later in life. And you've really got the best of both worlds because you are able to understand the benefits now of that game to your previous industry. So you can certainly uh, help a lot of business women out there that want to um, use that as a, as a business tool. You're, you understand the value as a business person, but also as a golf instructor, correct? Absolutely correct. And I like what you, the first comment you made about not having regrets. Cause I have to say, you know, mm-hmm. I always say to my husband, gee, if I only took this game up earlier, I wonder where I would have gone and you know, what would I have accomplished? Then I said, you know what? I wasn't probably ready for that at that point in my, my 20s and 30s. I was in a different part right. of my life. And now Absolutely. I can go back, right, Cindy? And now I can go back and say, thank God I did try this. You know, look what, look what has happened for me. That's my, that's my journey. So I feel so fortunate that I don't have to look back and say, what if? And that would be something I would tell all your listeners that, you know, don't have regrets about something that you've always thought you might have loved to do. Try it. Make the times, put the effort in, have the 
have the drive to, to go after something for yourself. You know, because then you get to share it with everybody else, Cindy, right? You get to share the love of the game that you have. You get to help people uh, improve, and, and you get to see the smiles and get the, the emails and the phone calls saying, I, I shot my best round ever because of you. To me, it Absolutely. doesn't get any better than yeah. that. It's Absolutely. Done. You know, you know it, it raised a very interesting point for me, um, Susie and Cindy, is this. And I, Cindy, I know I've mentioned this briefly on the show before, but um, for Susie's benefit, I'll mention it just to give you an example to what you just said. My sister, who's about three years older than me, uh, for years, you know, I'd watch golf tournaments and she would say to me, she'd say, I don't understand it. I don't get it. You know, what's so exciting about chasing that stupid little white ball around and, mm-hmm. and, and just very, you know, condescending. And I turned to her and I said, have you ever played? She said, no. I said, well, then go out and play, you know, go out and try, even just go out to the driving range. And, um, you know, then you can come back and criticize once you've given it a shot. So she did that. And to this day, she could still plays golf. She loves the game and enjoys it. And uh, I won't say she's as fanatical about it as I am, but um, she has a whole different perspective. So it goes to your point. Go out and at least try it. And even if you're not that great at it, uh, at least you've uh, had another experience that you can uh, look back on and say, hey, I, I gave that a shot. And you might be surprised at, at what the results are. Exactly. Exactly right. You know, go out there, whether it's to play with your friends or maybe play with your husband or even, as you said earlier, like the Executive Women's Staff Association, that is a great organization that really women can, can use in business. You know, and women have a really, I found, maybe Cindy has as well, that, you know, I love to go ahead and get my new golfers and, and speak to them about etiquette and the basic rules, just kind of what they have to do when they get to a golf facility. They're really, they've got, a lot of, they've got a lot of fear and anxiety about what they should do. And nobody really talks to them about it. You know, get them comfortable with, you know, where do they leave their clubs? How do they tip? The importance of being on the tee box on time. Um, and just going out and then having fun after that. And using that as an avenue to build, you know, relationships, whether it's personal or business. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a... Do you? Yeah, let me ask you a question. Do you work in the shop as well, or are you just teaching full-time? Well, this year I'm actually teaching full-time. Uh, previous years I've had a combination of doing both, but as I, as I get much, much more busy teaching, my pro shop hours go down, which <coughs> I, I like. <laughs> you know, I really want to be out there and teaching. <laughs> pro shop That's is awesome. a great avenue when you first start, you know, like when I first started up in Long Island. You know, my, my sure. general manager wanted me to, you know, meet and greet everybody and get comfortable with, you know, all the inner operations of the facility, which is very important. But after you've done that, then you start building the relationships and then you start doing, you know, all the teaching parts, whether it's leagues or on play, uh, golf instructions and individual lessons and clinics. So, you know, you stay very busy and you don't have that time to be in the pro shop. And I don't think you need it there after a while. I agree. Yeah. That, now, you worked for some very – Susie, you worked for some very uh, – or at some um, very impressive clubs, uh, the Nicholas Flick Learning Center and uh, John Jacobs Golf Schools out in Scottsdale. Uh, is there anything that you took away from each of those experiences that has helped you to become a better teacher today? Yeah. And when what were I they? worked for Nicholas 
yeah, when I worked for Nicholas Flick, um, that was just at the beginning when we were videoing students. So that was a mm-hmm. great time to, to get exposed to that in my young career because I had just worked up in Long Island at a, at a private golf course for about three years. Um, my husband and I relocated to South Florida at that time, and I started working for Nicholas Flick. But as I just mentioned, it was a great time to start getting familiar with, you know, videoing our students. So that was a great opportunity with that organization. And then for John Jacobs, uh, very interesting because John Jacobs was the the very first um, golf instructor who gave um, golf schools. I don't know if you knew that, Mm -hmm. but he was the first. Yeah, he was the first in the industry. And even though he wasn't, you know, physically around at that point, um, so much of what he believed in and he taught, um, we were trained in as far as his instructors. And I really liked his, his thought about watch, watch what the ball does. See, yes. see what the trajectory is. See what, you know, is happening in the air rather than what's, what you're doing right here with the club and your body. See the result. Based on that result, take that back and make your correction, which I thought mm-hmm. was a really, you know, a great way of teaching my students, you know, really see what they were doing and then go back and find out, you know, it's the symptom versus the cure. In other words, see what's happening right. so that I'm correcting you. I'm really correcting you properly. So that's really what I, what I got from the John Jacobs Golf Schools. Yeah, I think a lot of that, that's, that's an excellent point, Susie. You know, a lot of people, uh, and Cindy, I'm sure you would agree, don't really, you know, you talk about, Cindy, a, a lot about, you know, um, getting that club face uh, aligned correctly. A lot of people don't understand what a square club face is, but they mm-hmm. can learn a lot from the trajectory and from the, the end result uh, of what happens, um, whether or not that, that club face is square, as an example, or whether they've made good, you know, contact through impact. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can learn uh, from what happens to the ball after it's been struck. And, you know, Cindy, I know you've talked about that many times on, on previous shows as well, uh, about really, um, you know, focusing on what the ball is doing, because that does tell you a lot um, uh, about what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, you know, I agree. The symptoms and the cause and the cure, that's, that's the most important part. And I believe that if we're not trained correctly, you need to know what causes that without the use of technology. Do you agree, Susie? A hundred percent. Because, you yeah. know, we can get all involved, as you know, yeah, I, um, very detailed about what's happening through TrackMan and, you know, flight scope. But I really think, I think, Cindy, you probably agree, that, you know, you really need to watch the trajectory and see the, the ball flight and see what's happening and really come back to what the student is doing is the club, you know, along the same, uh, along the correct path is the contact proper. Um, I just think that you can, I just think that you can get a lot by just watching what's happening there, even without technology. I think we can get mired down quite a bit. Don't you really getting too much? I think, you know, for the tour players, it's probably appropriate for them and helpful I think for the people that we primarily teach, that is not. I mean, that you can use that as an overview just to get a general sense for the student to see what they're doing and talk to them about what the numbers are showing. 
But I really, really think as Jacobs promotes, watch what the ball is doing. If you're a good instructor, you're going to be able to correct what's wrong with that swing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree 100% with you as well, Susie. And I think, you know, the way I look at it is uh, all of this technology is great, but if the power goes out or the batteries die, you need to make mm-hmm. sure you have something to fall back on. <laughs> and that's, you know, exactly. un- unfortunately in today's, you know, today's game, a lot of the young instructors coming up rely a lot on technology and not you know, their own eyes and, and seeing what the results are and they get caught up in the numbers and, you know, they are important. They are good to, to, to understand. But I think if you, if you rely solely on that as a teaching tool, um, I think you're going to get yourself stuck at, at some point, but um, Susie, we want to thank you for, for joining us this morning. Unfortunately, we're out of time and, and enjoyed the conversation with you. And, and uh, we're glad that uh, whether it be late in life or not, we're glad that you took up the mm-hmm. game and, and, uh, that you're part of the profession and continue the great work. And we'd love to have you back uh, sometime again in the future. Oh, thank you so much, Ted. And thank you, Cindy, as well. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good All day. Right. Thanks, Susie. Okay. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was our very special guest, uh, Susie Caprice, uh, LBJ teacher professional. Took the game up late, but uh, is making her mark uh, in the industry, as so many are. Um, our very next guest, of course, he's been on before. He's the Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development for French Lick Resort. So, Cindy, let's uh, bring Brendan Sweeney back to the show. Good morning. It's a great morning. Ted, Cindy, how are you? <laughs> great. How are you? <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, We're it's doing, a it very be, exciting week. It must be sunny where you are. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, even if it wasn't. There's still a ray of sunshine somewhere behind those clouds. So we try to keep a positive attitude in anything we do. What a good boy. <laughs> Are you, you guys doing okay? We're doing We're fantastic, doing Brendan. Thank you. Um, so what's new, what's new and exciting at French Lick? Oh, well, where do you want to start? Uh, we, we, we can start at the ball alley and work our way all the way through the gun range and the stables in between, but uh, – <laughs> I think you guys want to hear a little bit about some golf. We do. That's right. <laughs> well, we were just uh, just named the number one and number two golf course in the state of Indiana by Golf Digest magazine at public places you can play. And got a couple of top 100 wow. golf courses, but uh, we won't be bragging on that too much. We'll, we'll, we'll let that go up. But we have a, uh, a, a neat uh, few weeks coming up uh, in July with uh, – on July 7, 8, 9, we're hosting the Symmetra Tour Donald Ross Centennial Classic at a Donald Ross course. We're celebrating the 100 years of of our Donald Ross track, which was the host site of the 1924 PGA Championship won by Walter Hagen and the 1959 and 60 LPGA Championship. So uh, coming up on 7, 8, 9 in July, the Symmetra Tour with a purse of $200,000, 54-hole event. Uh, we're celebrating that, and it's pretty cool with the uh, the Donald Ross course this year. We we were trying to think of something cool to tie in with a hundred year anniversary, and we came up with uh, say Dave Harner came up with uh, a little event, uh, a little giveaway. Every time someone tees off uh, at the at the Ross course, they get a uh, a moon pie. <laughs> so oh, wow. yeah, hundred year anniversary <laughs> of the moon pie and the Donald Ross golf course. <laughs> wow. That's and then, good. Uh, I like that. Yeah, then then following that up, 
So that's 7, 8, 9 in July. 10, 11, 12 is a very special time. We're going to be hosting the first ever Senior LPGA Championship presented by Old National Bank. So that's uh, we've had our experience with the LPGA Legends event for the last, what, five years, and uh, and we took it mm-hmm. to the next level and spoke to the powers that may be at the uh, at the LPGA. And you know, the, the ladies have been, been around since, you know, 19... 19- fifties and they've never had a senior uh, championship, a senior major. And uh you know the men have been doing it since nineteen thirty two and we decided it was time to do it. So we're proud to announce that uh, coming up in a couple of weeks will be the first whole site ever of the senior LPGA championship. You know what's that's so fantastic, cool? yes you it... don't do anything small. That's what I love about you guys. You think <laughs> oh. big You've got the best staff ever. Yeah, it's just it's you're awesome. But I tell you, it's a it's a direct reflection of, of the powers at the top that when they took on the renovation of the, the Cook Group, Bill Cook had the vision of a small town in southern Indiana. You know that was uh, that was the the gem of the of the jewels uh, back in the day, back in. You know the the turn of the century, 1900s. You know, French Lick was a was a destination, and over the years, over time, it's I could talk about it for hours. But you know, the the property went down a little bit, and the the town and the region went down. And Mr. Cook had the vision, along with Steve Ferguson, of of renovating the property not only as a as a resort, but as an economic uh, stimulus of Southern Indiana. So, uh, 600 million dollars later. Yeah, we we did a pretty good job down there. So uh, it's great when they wow. did the renovation. When they, yeah, they, 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 they that's had been... three. They had uh, three hundred. No, I was just saying, employees. wow. Yeah, and now we employ fourteen hundred yeah, people. In... That's incredible. Um, are you guys going to do anything, uh, or do you need to do anything uh, special for the, uh, the the senior ladies uh, championship? Is there anything in preparation for the course, or or uh, is it going to be challenging enough the way it is? Well, it, it, Cindy, you can attest to this. Um, the Petai Golf Course is, <laughs> is is really just a, a unique piece of property. Uh, you, you know, last weekend we had a, the, the opportunity to see what a artist can do up in Wisconsin with the with Aaron Hills and uh, you know the 600 acres that they that they were on up there is just enormous. Our our die course was built by Pete Die and. Uh, in 2009, and it was literally built on the second highest point in the state of Indiana, on top of a mountain. But you know, Pete mm. built it uh, as a big boy golf track. You know, you know, it stretches back all the way to 8102 from the tips. So he, you know, we have seven different tee boxes for each for each hole. So when the ladies play, we we take that in consideration. And it's, it's considerably shorter for obvious reasons. Um, yeah, but the ladies are playing right around 6,000 yards. And uh, it's plenty. It's plenty of golf course out there. It's it's really unique and it's unique. Um, there's really not another place like it. Um, there's some similarities to some Pete Diet golf holes, but as far as the views and the vistas and the, the setup and you know the, the most important thing and Cindy knows all about this. Or we take pride in the people down in French Lake. Um, it, it really makes the experience so much more when you have a staff that's dedicated and uh, everybody knows the story. So uh, our job is to go out and tell the story and bring people down. What we do need is we need support um, through the mm-hmm. 
for our charity, which is the Riley's Hospital for Children. It's the uh, largest uh, children's hospital in the state of Indiana. 300,000 kids go through it a year, and I'd like to announce that we've raised this year alone we're close to a million dollars in sponsorship dollars for Riley. So, wow. Yeah. It's wow. We're going awesome. Down, awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that, that takes the sting out of a lot of things. But the other thing that we've, we've come across this year is with the senior LPGA championship is uh, three days on the golf channel. So uh, we can show off the ladies skills and the golf course and tell our story, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, July 10, 11, 12 on the golf channel in the afternoon. So, we're really looking forward to that. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. You know, at 8,200 8, yards, Brendan, that just about overlaps into the next uh, neighboring state. That's a big, that's a big course. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. But, you know, it's, you know when, when you go out there as a, as a regular daily fee player, um, you know, you, you go and you have your caddy and you just take your time and you enjoy the whole thing. And if you want to play again, mm-hmm. just feel free. And uh, we have unlimited play out there. We've had some guys go out and play 108 holes in a day. It's brutal. They've done it. Um, but, yes. you know, we don't really push you too hard out there. And it's your experience. So you go out there and enjoy as much as you can. Brendan, will let me you ask you uh, a quick – Go ahead. Brendan, will you have some of the kids from Riley's at the tournament this year? Yeah. You know what's really cool, Cindy, is, is when we uh, when we were doing the Legends um, – we didn't really come across, we didn't really think about this, but it, it sort of just happened is when you're on the first tee, we have, you know, we have a Riley's day, we have, you know, the kids from the hospital come down and Steve Rodanero, our director of, uh, of broadcast marketing, he uh, said, Hey, why don't we have, you know, you know, Braden over here announce some names. And now this year for the senior LPGA championship for both tee boxes for all three days, we're going to have a sponsored Riley kid doing the announcements of the tee boxes. So it's pretty cool. It's, uh, yeah, that's It's awesome. really a special, unique thing to do. And, you know, we we have corporate sponsorship behind that, too. So a lot of people got behind it. So the kids will be wearing caddy bibs with the company name on the back. and They'll be doing their thing with that. So it's pretty cool how they tie in the kids with Riley's, as well as the Riley's Kid Fest. And we'll have the Riley's helicopter down there. And, and uh, it's a great way just, you know, for these kids to be normal. In a in a in a professional environment, and be not be treated with tampered gloves, but just to be part of the fabric of, of the senior LPGA championship. It truly yeah, is. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it puts a lot of smiles on those young youngsters coming out to be able to be around, uh, you know, a lot of the golfers and and to be able to participate in, in an event like that. Uh, that makes it exciting for them to to have some some uh, abilities to do that. What, what I was going to ask you, Brennan, was was this um, about the course. If 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 I were coming to the course as somebody that's never played it, and you were going to be my caddy, let's say, what advice would you give me uh, or anybody? I'm just using myself as an example, but what would advice would you give uh, as you navigate around the course? Um, areas to be careful of, or there, um, you know, what tips would you give a, a new person to the course? Well, Ted, it's, it's, if I was going to be your caddy, the first thing I'd say is you better bring your wallet. I'm not cheap. <laughs> 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 but you know, it is, it's it's just a, it's a great thing. It's a uh, every time that you see this golf course uh, laid out right in front of you, and there's a lot of hidden hidden lines out there. And if you just bite off mm-hmm. as much as you can chew, and uh, 
just take it, you know, one bite at a time and don't be really freaked out about it. If you can't see something, you need to trust where you're going. Right. Um, I know there's a lot of, from what some of the, the pictures I've seen of it, and Cindy, I remember you talking, I think the last time Brendan was on here uh, on one of the holes where uh, you had hit a shot and it rolled back for, for quite a distance. Um, so there's lots of undulation, obviously, through the, the not only the, on the greens, but through the fairways as well. Um, so obviously accuracy is a premium. Would that be fair to say, Brendan? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's, it's, it, it, it really is something that you really need to see. <laughs> and and it's, it's just trying to describe something that's, that's uh, uh, just so unique. Um, and, and the cool thing about the golf course is, you know, with the, the four seasons that we get in Indiana, you can play golf pretty much all year round uh, with the exception of, you know, January, February. But, you know, the the spring is different from the summer. The summer is different from the fall. The leaves are changing, and it's really gorgeous. But that's just one contrast of the resort. On the on the other mm-hmm. side of the properties are Donald Ross Golf Course, and that's it's it's sort of like our '57 Cadillac, and the dies are Lamborghini. It just uh, it's two totally different tracks. It's if you look at uh, the Ross Course, you know uh, Mr. Taggart, who was our one of our founders, hired Donald Ross went down to Pinehurst and picked him up and found the property uh, to put the golf course on. And it's rolling hills. It's carved out of the, right. out of the fabric of Southern Indiana. And then you go, you know, on the other side of the property, you know, we have 3,500 acres. We go to the other side and you're on top of Mount Airy and Pete Dye with modern bulldozers and, and engineering teams and satellite imagery created this thing. So they're really two different contrasting golf courses on one unique property. So I guess that's a good way to sum it up. So it's, it's there's a, a little something for everybody up. then. Yeah. And it, it's really good. It's cool to see how the, the, the symmetric tour players, you know, three days prior and then the, the legends, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the senior LPGA championship players are going to, you know, take really take advantage of, of six days of championship golf coming up in July. That's so exciting. Wow. That, the befores and the afters. That's, Yep, that's for sure. Now, obviously, there's a pro-am component uh, as well, um, so you get a lot of opportunities for for those that maybe uh, aren't good enough to play out on a tour, but get a chance to play with some of the tour members. So I'm sure that's a big highlight as well for a lot of the uh, local business uh, business folk and and uh, individuals that want to play in the pro-am. Correct? Yeah, we have we're going to have two pro-am days uh, for the Senior LPGA Championship, uh, you know, presented by Old National Bank. Um, that would be the you know, Saturday and Sunday prior, and then we'll have our Legends Hall of Fame induction ceremony, uh, as well as some other awards that lead up to the championship. But the Pro-Am is really a cool thing uh, for the local uh, people to get involved on a, on a really grassroots level of fundraising for the uh, for the kids at Riley. So it's pretty cool. It's neat. It's uh, Cindy, you've played in a ton of Pro-Ams. I'm sure you've got some great stories about, you know, you get a, get a guy that's out there, also you're clubbing them out there, and and uh, it's a great way to interact with people and make them part of the championship. Well, and it's a great yeah, way so to raise money the- for the charity. And you know what's funny? I've got a, a, a cool story. I know that you know Ashton Brown, and our daughter, Kelly, is now a, have a different position at the Golf Channel, but at this time she was a producer, and her job was to do highlights and features, and she did a feature on 
Ashton Brown, who is one of the Riley children, and now Kelly helped her get a job at the Golf Channel, and she's a a leukemia, twice survivor of leukemia. And, you know, it's just, it's great to see the stories and the changes in the kids and what Riley has done for these kids. And, and the other thing you mentioned about how the kids are smiling, but you know what? The players are smiling too. And we, and you need to know that we're, we realize how fortunate we are. Number one, to be healthy and have the opportunity to play, but number two, to also help these kids. Amen. I tell you, the, uh, the the Ashton Brown story, that's, you know, that, that, that's something that really stands out. She was our first Riley kid that we had with the, uh, uh, the Legends Championship. And she's a, just a great, great individual and a uh, heck of a golfer. She played golf at the University of Indianapolis um, and, uh, and played quite, quite well. And then, you know, the opportunity came up at Golf Channel, and she, I think she's been here close to a couple of years now. And we came across her. We saw her when we did our announcement, and she's just a great, great <coughs> great person and really an honor to, uh, to, to know her. And as a father of three with three healthy kids, you, you realize how fortunate you are just to have, you know, uh, you, you don't have to worry about things like, you know, your kid getting chemo or shots or whatever, but you know, these, the, the kids at Riley's are really special and it really, it really touched my life. It really changed, you know, my outlook on a lot of things um, just from being around it. Um, Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a, a great period uh, of events at uh, at French Lick, and and I know that um, you know as as you both have mentioned, the the Raleigh Children's uh, Hospital and of course the foundation uh, have benefited greatly over the years and will continue to, and it's a great partnership and a great relationship between the, uh, the different organizations. And um, Brendan, I know it's it's going to be a busy a few weeks getting ready uh, for it and during the event, but. Um, uh, the, give me the, the dates again, just for those that obviously, because it is going to be on the Golf Channel that want to tune in and watch. Uh, and and um, what what were the dates again? Yeah, well, we're looking at the uh, the Symmetra Tour Championship will be or the Donald Ross Centennial Championship. My bad. Uh, that would be seven, eight, nine <clears> of July, and then July tenth, eleventh, twelfth. I believe from four to six, and there's three years in the in the evening uh, on Golf Channel. So, uh, yeah, it, it could be rather exciting. It's a you know, 54-hole event, no cut. We've got a purse of $600,000. Um, it, it's it's going to be neat, and it's for a great cause. And uh, if people want to get involved, you know, they can just type in senior, senior LPGA Championship, and we have an auction page that's open to anybody. And they have some really, really, really cool stay-and-play packages and some really unique gifts and, and uh it's it's going to be neat, and with this, you know, the next couple of weeks really being focused in on ladies golf with the KPMG Championship in Chicago, with yeah. our event in July, and then followed up with the uh, the ladies US USGA you know Women's <clears throat> Open uh, coming up, and then you know it's a Solheim Cup year too. So we've really embraced the ladies uh, golf, and we're glad to be part of history. We're glad to be you know leading the way of bringing senior women's golf into a, a major. Uh, it's the first major that seniors will have, and I'm proud to be part of the team that uh, has the vision and the de- dedication to do it. That's awesome. Can you well, tell us again the page in case someone wants to bid on one of those prizes? Yeah, if you go to just type in senior, that's, you know, senior LPGA championship, 
then, you know, the French Lick page will, will pop right up, and you just click right on there, and there's a tab that says auction. And uh, there's some really unique gifts. Um, I mean, we're, you know, uh, Casa de Campo, French Lick, uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Lexington, Louisville, different stay and play packages all across the United States and, and some in the Caribbean, too. So, uh, it's cool, and uh, we're wow. looking. You know, our goal is to raise one hundred fifty thousand dollars on this auction, and it's uh, we already have bids coming in. So it's it's going to be live until the championship is over, and then we'll distribute from there. That's great. Perfect. Well, Brennan, thank you very much for joining us and, and giving an update, and it's awesome. And I'm I'm look I'm going to make my way up there one one of these days, I promise. And uh, I don't know if I can afford you as my caddy or not, but. Uh, I'll uh, maybe at, at least we can do lunch together, but um, thank you, Brendan, for, for coming on and sharing, uh, <laughs> sharing uh, an update on, uh, on what's happening at French Lick. And, and we're going to have you back again, uh, again in the near future and, and let us know how, how uh, everything works out in, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we will. Thanks for the, thanks for the time, Ted, Cindy, give those grandkids a big old hug and kiss for me. And uh, we'll see you guys down the road. All right. Okay. Thanks. All right. Honey. Thanks, Brendan. All right. right bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, our very special guest, uh, Brendan Sweeney, Director of Golf Media Relations and Player Development at the French Lick Resort. And as he mentioned, the Senior Ladies LPGA uh, Championship is coming up uh, July 10th to 12th, and 7th, 9th is a uh, Symmetra Tour uh, event that's going to be playing preceding that. So lots of great stuff uh, happening up at French Lick. So definitely go to uh, that page. And again, that Senior LPGA Championship. If you're interested in, in, uh, in um, getting something through the auction, uh, the, the link and tab are, are on that page. Just go to Senior LPGA Championships uh, and uh, type that into your search key, and that will bring you to that page. And, uh, Cindy, I know we got to wrap up. We both got to, to get to work here, so we want to thank everybody for joining us this morning. Again, our very special guest, uh, Susie Caprice, the LPGA teacher mm-hmm. professional that was on the first half, and, of course, mm-hmm. Brendan Sweeney from French Lick. Thanks, guys, for coming on and, and helping us to have a great show this morning. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, uh, we want to thank you and hope that you'll continue uh, to tune in every Tuesday morning. Now, next Tuesday, the 27th, we will not be airing a show, but we'll be back the following Tuesday. So next Tuesday, there will not be a show, but go to the link, blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf, and you can listen to today's episode in its recorded version or any of the previous episodes that you might have missed in the on-demand section. So make sure you visit that link. And again, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you again next time. Cindy, you have a great week, and uh, we'll talk next, uh, next show. You do the same. Bye-bye. Bye.